welcome to Daft Souls episode number 34. And we've got a, a plethora of people here today. No. Plethora. All right. Plethora. So if you say it like that, it doesn't work. We've got lots of people. <laughs> got loads. We've got Stephen Hogarty. Hello. How's it going? We've also got Gavin Murphy. Hello. We've got Aoife Wilson. Hello. I just got your joke. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why you were giving us such a hard time about it. I liked it. I thought, I was it's like, good, I'm good. getting ribbed for this. Unfairly. Yeah. You only had two on last week, now you got four on this week. You need to sort out your fucking schedule in there. No, right? <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. I'm only here because I was dropping something off. Yeah, pretty much like Steve just got snared. Thought, can't the, waste that. Come yeah. on, get him on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Podcast professional Stephen Hogarty. <laughs> He's got when you go in like playing any games. Nah, no. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't like video games very much. <laughs> What's this podcast again? <laughs> oh, it's the video games one, is it? Oh, uh, I, bought, I, can... I bought a feature now. So. <laughs> Sort of awkward, he didn't know how to leave. But anyway, he's here. We're all here. Um, so, Gav, why don't you start us off? You've been playing a game that came out on the PlayStation 4 quite recently. Yeah, I played the all. I've seen loads of questions on the Twitter. We had lots of questions. Twitter. I guess because it's probably one of the few games that's happened yeah. happened uh, in the past like week or two, which has been yeah. deemed to be a big release. It yeah, been a big deal. It is... Um, yeah, they were getting really behind it. Like, there's it, there's something weird about this game. I haven't played it, so I can't really comment on it. But there's something about the whole lead up to it that it kind of has brought out some of the crazies, like online. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. like like and also in like games press as well. Like I saw some people like really vitriolic, sort of like banned in mm. against it. And it's just like mm. it's like you know when people for some reason get behind like one thing in a game. Like I remember it really annoyed me when uh, when Ground Zero's came out. People were like, oh, speedrun thing, you can speedrun it. And like people getting behind that rather than talking about the actual game mm. and stuff that's going on in the game and characters and stuff. No, 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 we're going to talk about the speedrun thing. And with this, like the length of it has been one of the things. And actually like yeah. the length isn't its biggest problem. Like there's a lot of problems going on in that game. Like I really liked it. Like, for all the, its shitty faults, it looks awesome. I really like the setting. I mm. really like the characters. I like the idea that they've come up with, like, this sort of knights thing that's kind of a little bit reminds you of Assassin's Creed and that sort of thing, but it's already way better than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, but, and, like, like it's, a, it's a fun game to play, except... What, what is the what setting? Problem? What is, like... So it's saying basically like you're a knight uh, and you've been knighted and it's your job to sort of protect this sort of era, but there's been other knights as well. Um, so there's like other eras and it's sort of like hinting at the fact that it's a franchise that's going to be like in like Assassin's Creed where the next game is set somewhere else it's sort no, of like hints the at order that 1996 exactly yeah <laughs> um, and it sort of, sort of hints at that which would be awesome that would be like, awesome it'd be really good um, and so it's so sort of like that like your job at the moment is to protect this evil from this evil force mm-hmm. and this, but this evil force is like you know, through the ages, sort of thing. I've heard that it's like it's kind of fun, but also it's kind of short, and also it's kind of just feels very much like a, a like a last gen game. It's just another kind of cover shooter. Is that yeah, fair? It's fair to say. Like, um, I mean, it's not scathing. It's no, just no, 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 no. Yeah, that's sort of fair to say. Like the sh- the short thing, though. Like, I don't know. It looks amazing. It's a new. It's a new thing. And people going on about like saying, like, oh, it's, it's only like six hours long. It's only five and a half hours long. It's like. Yeah, but you're paying forty quid for it. Like that's that's a night out. Yeah, like yeah. I pay forty quid for a night out. Yeah, but you're maybe either an alcoholic or just like, <laughs> or maybe generous. Oh, 40, forty quid is the normal. <laughs> oh, no, way no, more no, for a night out. You're, in, you're in London mode now. Yeah, like, that's forty quid is still a lot of money, and that's the thing you've got Game's to too long, man. But I think the problem still. is when you it's it's comparative, right? Yeah. It's not just that on its own. It's the fact that you could take that forty quid and get another game like yeah. Destiny or whatever that has like an online mode that you can play for months, of course, and months, yeah, and months, yeah. and months. That's the problem. 
problem. Yeah. And then you have like games that maybe are a little bit shorter than that that have that are on like you know the online store or whatever that yeah, are half yeah. the price. I'm all for short That's, games, but I yeah, think I, it's I, just the pricing yeah. is yeah. like you I can't think just when people because this game got a lot of flack for being too short even yeah. before people had played it. And I think if people play a game and they come away from it going it's too short, I don't yeah. think they're making the length versus quality comparison. What they're really trying to say is there's something about that game that left them feeling unsatisfied yeah, by the time right, they yeah, finished yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's you, can, you can finish a six-hour game and go, you know what, I feel like I got a lot yeah. of stuff out of that. A lot mm. of uh, my time is well spent with that. Yeah. But if you come away from it going, this was too short, yeah. it's there's something in the game that has left you wanting. You're right. I mean, yeah. I, I think Prince of Persia, the, the first one on the on the PlayStation 2, was about eight hours. Mm. And I remember being like totally satisfied with the length of that. Yeah. And it mm. felt yeah, like yeah. perfect. Um, but I kind of, I can see why five or six, especially because I tend to dip in stuff, but with some people, yeah. they'll just come home and they'll just put a game and they'll play it all night. Yeah. Yeah, to be yeah. done with a game in an evening yeah. and you've just spent 40 quid on it, it's a bit much. Well, that, but that's mm. the thing, though. I mean, I, I think I finished The Last of Us in a day. Yeah. You know? Like, I, finished, but, I finished it in two sittings. But it's oh. like that that story, it, it was satisfying, like yeah. you said. Yeah. And, and the thing with, um, a lot of people were saying with The Order is, oh, it's got no replayability, I'll never play it again. But if a story is good and you, yeah. that's not so much of a problem. Yeah, like, no. you know. I think it comes down to like afterwards. I, I remember what I did with Prince of Persia. I think it was like eight hours, and I worked out it cost me about three pounds an hour or something. And I was yeah. like, that's, I had more than three pounds an hour worth of fun. Whereas yeah. I guess with the audio, you might be looking at like maybe close to six or seven. I'm not very good at math. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have to admit, like, I, I think Steve made a really good point where it's like people are going into it before even the game came out. People are like, oh, it's really short. And people yeah, are going into yeah. it thinking mm. that. And I think that's what has been the thing about well, the game. I, I like, agree with you on that, though, because yeah. I think that the weirdest thing for The Order for me was it feels like in many ways, uh, and this sounds like this sounds like I'm putting a tinfoil hat on here, mm. but it very much felt like, for no apparent reason, the press very much had it in for The Order from Definitely, day one. Yeah. I think um, people, games press, can sort of band you together and fall in line when it comes yeah. to certain kinds of things like I don't, that. I don't get that at all, because I played it, and I was just like, I played it after everyone, because I've been on holiday, so I played mm. it after everyone had been just slagging it off like repeatedly and then I sat down and played and thought I don't I came away from that thinking that gave me exactly the amount that I wanted out of that and I'm actually looking forward to a sequel for that because I think that's what they're going to do and I can't I'm actually really looking forward to where they go to next but the thing that annoyed me about it was like games press that I really like and games websites that I really really like making this massive thing mm-hmm. about the lens when actually there's so much more in the game. There's this one thing that it does, and L.A. Noir did it as well, which uh, the reason I hated L.A. Noir. The asset like, thing? No, not that so much. It's like where they introduce like a mechanic, and they go, okay, well, you press this button to run. You're like, okay, sweet, that's the run button. Mm. But actually, no, you can only run when you're allowed to run. That you can't run that all the time. Awful. And it's just like, and LA Noir did it all the time where it was like, they introduced like a tackle button. Okay, that's the tackle button. And then there's like a bit where you're running after someone, you think, oh, I'll just press the tackle button. Oh no, the tackle button doesn't work there. You can only tackle at certain points. Mm-hmm. And this does a sort of a similar thing mm-hmm. as well where like they introduce a run button. You're like, okay, sweet, I can just run through this bit or I can go this bit. No, no, no. It's like, you have to go down this line and you're, you're, mm. you're very much playing like their storyline yeah. and you can't really deviate from that at all. Like they And they uh, they control it to the point where they want you to control it at the speed they mm. want you to see her as well. And it was like, no, 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 slow down. You need to look at all this and you need to see mm-hmm. everything that's going on in our speed. That not drives the way me you're mental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, yeah. the latest Call of Duty did that. It, it had sections yeah. where it expected you to 
sections where it was like expected you to get like very quickly from A to B and yeah. had your characters constantly shouting at you again and again going come on come on mm. come on and I'm like yeah. I'm yeah. fucking drunk and then having yeah. bits where it's like we want you to look at this so you, you spent a lot of money on this yeah. Yeah. I think they were actually hiding loading screens as well but it had sections yeah. where like they just have bits where they have corridors that would just be like slightly too full of the people so you'd be like, you'd be, like trying to find a way through all these yeah. people there's loads like, of chairs in front of you yeah. <laughs> it was really obvious yeah. like what are you what yeah. are you doing but that's the thing that's so infuriating and for me when I was playing it I was like I hadn't seen anybody mention this that's the problem like I haven't covered the order at all from yeah. a work perspective so like the only thing I really know about it is Victorian London really short like yeah. that's it I haven't yeah. really seen anyone tackle yeah. any kind of other angle I think, because mm, that's the Games thing Games Press has done a, a little bit of a disservice mm. for this game yeah that I, I and I, I'm keenly interested in games I don't know much about this game yeah. mm. having read uh, previews of it it's, yeah yeah, it's really hard to say though. I also think that there was just there was something about the way it was announced. I think it was at E3 um, a couple of years ago that was just a bit of a damp squib. I remember because I mean, actually I did the little stupid video back then about like rating all of the games at E3 out of ten, and I think mm. I went back and I did say six. Yeah. Like, mm. I think there was just something about it. It kind of looked like that's going to come out quite yeah. soon after launch, and it'll be mm. all right. Yeah. But mm. I think they just haven't. Done, I don't know, but yeah. I think this the length thing is not entirely unfair though, because I don't think it's entirely that people are fixating on it. I think it's the problem is, is it's not like it's a short game, therefore it's a bad game. It's mm. just a short game, therefore there's a lot more pressure on it being either cheap or really good. Yeah, yeah people's oh, yeah. people's feelings when they finish it and feel like they haven't got enough. Though those are real feelings yeah. of disappointment with the game. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing. If somebody says this game's only five hours long, then it's like okay. But then it's like, but it's one of the best awesome. five. Yeah. It's like yeah. Journey. Like Journey's yeah, yeah. like two hours long. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, no like, if you have like 50 that. quid a, a month to spend on a game, you yeah. want to know that that money is, is you know, mm -hmm. is going to be worth your time because yeah. you could have bought like, you know, two or three other games with that. To me, it feels very much like a casualty of just the where we're at now in yeah. terms of like, oh, the cycle's reset, which means games have to be really expensive again, yeah. mm. regardless of what they are. And it's just like, if it was 25 quid, yeah. I don't think anyone would, Care, I think, but I yeah. think forty quid is yeah. is fair. I think it's it's it's. I know what you mean. It seems unfair for the press to all go. It's really short. Yeah. But actually, for a lot of people, a lot of like gamers and who just want to buy something new to play, who haven't got a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, I think that's that was potentially one of the most important things for them to know. Get a better yeah. job, earn more money, mate. That's what. <laughs> yes. like, that's the thing. I hate. I hate. You're, you're like, sounding very of, London. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate being part of Games Press, though. You have to go. You have to go. You have to think of like consumers and stuff like that. It's just like, no. I'm going to tell people if I like a game or not. I'm not thinking like, okay, I'm liking it, but if you're poor, you might not like this yeah. game. I mean, like, well, usually, no, I think when I'm when I'm writing about games, I don't usually take the, the cost of the game into account. Definitely not. I'll say I do. this is this is oh, what absolutely the, I do. This I is do. what the game is. This is what I think it's worth, uh, like value wise, for your time and how much entertainment mm. you're going to get from it. The decision as to whether or not you want to spend forty pounds on this is entirely up to you, yeah. because your circumstances are going to be different to the next person's. Yeah, but you've got to give people, you've got to give people a frame of reference, and there's so much variety in terms of pricing already on the market that I think it's it's dumb not to account for that. Frankly. Yeah, I think it's like you know if obviously things are going to be priced differently according to you know the development issue and everything else, yeah. but like you can't sort of rate it in a bubble. It's like you know everything yeah. else is sort. But of... that's the thing. When I played it, I didn't think. I didn't feel let down because you look at it and it's it's one of the most gorgeous games I've ever looked at on a PS4, I think. It looked amazing. Like, the world they've created is just brilliant. It's really dense and, like, it's so impressive to look at. And I just think, that's where the money's gone. Like, and if that's why it's 40 quid, 
I'm right with that. Mm. I guess it's how important you feel that is. Yeah. You know, with, with comparison to a game that you could play for hours and yeah. hours and hours. Would you yeah. would you mark a game down if you thought it was too expensive? I would. I wouldn't mark it down. Well, because you're again. I don't even know how much have, games cost. Uh, That's true. Scores yeah. now, yeah. but I would flag it. I think I would because I think like people. That's one of the reasons they read reviews, right? To know mm-hmm. that this is this is worth spending your money on. I think that's an important that's um, true. factor. As a people. consumer guide, yeah, that's yeah. part of a review, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think, I mean, guide. I, th- I honestly think that, yeah, if you go for reviews at launch, it's got to be partly a consumer guide. Mm. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, it's all very well to have... And what, what happens in six months' time when this game is it's cheap? Yeah, yeah. yeah well... well that's you just made a face when I said I don't know how much games cost. Like, I generally don't know how much, well, like... You're coming across a bit like somebody who gets games for free and doesn't care about <laughs> anything else. Yeah, no, like, I do buy games, but... But like, I, I don't know, I just, I don't, if, I've never thought, I've never, I don't think I've ever come away from something going, except for Eternal Champions on the Mega Drive, I've never come away from anything going, that was a, that was a waste of my money, yeah. I don't think. I like, mostly play games on PC where things are on sale all the time, yeah. things are incredibly cheap. Well, that's the thing, is, yeah, it's, it's always it's, on sale, and like, PlayStation yeah. Plus has like completely ruined what I think uh, like games cost yeah, and everything yeah. like that, because I've got free games, awesome games, just all the time, and I think... But you've got to, I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's also a question of this is the industry, right? And how does that industry keep keep running and keep sort of ticking over if we don't sort of price things correctly? Make I don't know. Make these blockbuster it seems, games that cost yeah, that much. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think that's... Um, you've, got to, you've got to do it on the setup. Like, yeah, if what something is available and how much it costs. I mean, the, the way you get around it is quite simply by saying it's not worth this money. But it's definitely worth this. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, and that's that's fair. Definitely wait for it to come on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> well, no, some some games you play and you go like, you know, this is, and that's it's so dumb that the console market just hasn't got there. Mm. Whereas like recently on Steam, playing loads of stuff, like I was playing like a kind of four X game, like Endless Legend. I didn't completely love it that much, but it was fifteen pounds, and you know what? Fifteen pounds was exactly what that game should have cost. Yeah, yeah. There was no part of me that thought, oh, if I paid thirty quid for it, I'd be like, mm, it's not quite. 15 quid, I had no resentment for it, even though yeah. I didn't like it that much, you know? I, I think we're at a time in, the, in uh, sort of the industry as well where prices is, is such a hot-button topic because of, like, DLC and stuff as well. Like, yeah. everything changes all the time, and, like, how much you decide to spend on something can be relative to it's the collector's edition, it's the ultimate edition, it's, you know, fucking season pass, this, yeah, this, yeah, that, whatever. Um, and so, it used to be that you'd have, like, a few big releases every year and lots of people would get most of them or some of them. Yeah. But now games come out constantly. Mm. And I kind of feel like it's a bit exhausting sometimes, especially, you know, people listening to stuff like this where every week we're, like, recommending brand new games. Yeah. A lot of people don't have... It's yeah. Sometimes it's people don't have the time to play everything, so they want recommendations of that. But a lot of people don't have the disposable income to be dropping, like, 40 quid on a game, like, more than two or three times sure. a year. That's another thing about the order as well and, and the length of it. Like, I think there's... It's kind of like when I read comic books, sometimes I go for something that is that is finite, that's not like a, an ongoing series because yeah. I like having that sort of, the, the door's closed on that game now, I can yeah. start another one. Like, yeah. there's a time and a place for something like Skyrim that you can play endlessly and that's mm-hmm. great value for money. Yeah. But then every so often I want a game that I can just go, that's done, now I can move on. I think that's yeah. why I like this so much because I've come off the back of like giant games that took, it was just ages and like mm. Far Cry 4 just took me so long mm. to do. Whereas this, I, I was just like, no, it was awesome. I sat down, I think I did in maybe like two sittings over a one weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, it was done. And that's Sometimes out that's of it now. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot to be said for finishing games. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> don't, don't finish games anymore. And now that you get fucking DLC and everything, that yeah, you can't, like, everything's, ending. I know. Well, a lot of time you don't want to. Mm. Um, or because it just is such a pain. I mean, I'm, 
I'm still haven't gone back to Shadows of Mordor, even though mm. the fact that I haven't got to the bit where apparently it gets really good because yeah. it just insists on being so bloody long. And Dying Light again, I loved Dying Light, but Jesus Christ, that game yeah. can just stop yeah. being yeah. incessantly like it just throws so much stuff at you. Mm. It's like, but oh, that's I a do product this. of people complaining about length. It is, yeah. it is, and that's that is a thing, mm. right? But I also think that there is this weird thing of like. I, at what point people cut off of being like, oh, that's too short, mm. is is very much up to debate. I think, like, 12 hours is fine. Some people think that's terrible, but, I mean, I, you know... But at the same time, I think if people do just have to just... They've gone to the shop, they've bought the new thing on the shelf, yeah. and if they don't... I think people expect to get at least 10 hours of something. They do, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but that's an expectation which is completely based on the stupid prices, <laughs> yeah. which I really hope that we start to just yeah. see that. It's, people were expecting, I think... Optimistically, uh, back before this generation of consoles launched, I remember people speculating that uh, things are going to start going discless and uh, brick and mortar mm. would die. But I think maybe by the next generation, mm. we might start seeing consoles acting a bit more like PC, where everything's digital and the pricing is skewed away from the £50 box Steam product just makes game. it look like... I mean, even not just Steam, like online distribution services just make mm. it look like just chumps business and yeah. the fact that we've had this reset cycle oh you've got to pay for the better graphics now whereas the transition has just not existed on PC it's just yeah. like it's just carried on being PC games yeah and the prices are just really low that's a really good point yeah and I think that's the problem now is you kind of have to I mean I, I bought Destiny and that was like 45 quid maybe yeah. 50 quid because Activision are proper cheeky beggars <laughs> uh, and that was a big I mean you know I'm not like you know I'm not like you know, on the poverty line, and but it was a big decision for me. I was like, do I really yeah, want to yeah. spend fifty pounds on on a game? I had, like, to, I had to spend fifty five pounds on Grand Theft Auto when it came out, <laughs> and that was like I was staring at that box for ten minutes in the shop, going, <laughs> "Can I, I, I do fun, this? Yeah. Yeah, this is like a lot of money to spend on a game." Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think your point is the one to end on, which is like. Thank you. If you end this entire podcast on, <laughs> yeah. the last episode is going out. Steve's done it. Whereas if you come away from it and you genuinely think you feel cheated and other, you feel like it's short, not in length, but actually in what it delivers, what, what it delivers, then that's fair enough. But if you come out with it, just, if you just go in and go in, oh, it's a short game I hear, then yeah. you're a dick. Some of the, some <laughs> of the best games are very short. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Indeed. A game that is endlessly not short though, um, which we've been playing recently, Steve. Um, oh, congratulations on winning round one, by the way, you won 10 points. Brilliant. Thank <laughs> you. Finishing that. Uh, <laughs> on to round two. Uh, endless, Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea. Thank you for remembering <laughs> the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of like a, I guess you can call it, I hate calling things roguelikes when they're not roguelikes at all. No. But it is a game where you where you die and dying is part of it and you have a successor and they go on and you, you get a bit better every time you die and you, and you play. Um, Sunless Sea is a, uh, is a, how would you best describe it? It's in, it's weird. It's kind of almost like a text adventure. Yeah. In the fact that it, the majority of the game is reading. Yes. So um, when I first played it, I didn't really know what to expect, and I came into it with the wrong attitude, so I didn't enjoy it straight away. Uh, there was a lot of reading to begin with, and I wanted to just get going with the mechanics of the game and see what was in there. Yeah. But I came back to it when I had a bit more spare time, and I was in a better mood to sit down and read what had been written. Yeah. And once you start to absorb the fiction of it, you start to enjoy that 
text adventure okay, yeah. side of it. You have to you have to sort of let the fiction come to you. It's funny, isn't it? Because I found out because I was chatting to Quinns a lot about it, and he recommended it to me, and and I was like, I wasn't quite feeling it for a while, and he was like, Well, just if you keep playing, you'll have something. They'll have a thing that will, yeah, yeah. and it will grab you, and there'll be moments where it really will, and mm. you'll have a moment that will be like, This is amazing. Because it's really it's really quite dense. I mean, it, you are a captain of a ship um, on the undersea. Uh, in Victorian uh, London, in which uh, London has been uh, captured by bats and yeah. flown into the undersea, which is an, <laughs> an underground that ocean. Awesome. Um, it's it's a it's a follow up to a, an actual text Fall adventure, in London. Fall in London. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you basically sail around uh, the undersea, um, exploring these towns, um, gathering like stories uh, from the people that you meet, and stories are like currency. So mm. you go into ports. And you can sell your stories to people for uh, for different things. For money. For money. Sometimes you, can, yeah. you can sell stories for money or sometimes you can carry one type of story somewhere else knowing that you'll be able to trade them for something else mm. at a certain place. And, and depending on the character that you choose at the very beginning, you have an ultimate objective. So yeah. my one that I always play is um, trying to find my father's bones and bring them back to London because <laughs> he sailed away somewhere. So you have to basically get clues by going around to all of these ports and they'll you'll have your main story thread that you can follow. But... As you're doing that, it's also like a resource management game. You have to constantly get yeah. uh, supplies <clears throat> to keep your crew fed. You have to um, get f- um, fuel to keep your boat running. And at the same time, there's, there, there are other. everything seems to be a currency that you're amassing. And some of the currencies you don't want to amass, uh, such as terror, which is this, uh, it's, it's a it's a currency that slowly ticks up as yeah. you are out on the undersea. And if oh, you go out into like the deepest, darkest undersea, your crew's terror just starts to go up and up huh. and up and up, and they start going mad. And uh, yeah, they do. They start eating each other. They start uh, throwing <laughs> like each other instantly. overboard. If, you're, if they're hungry and terror is high, then cannibalism becomes a thing. Yeah, I've never had that myself, but I've had a terror. The thing that's clever about terror is basically you you have less terror if you keep your lights on your boat. But the problem is if you keep your lights on, you use oil. Then well, no, you just attract attention. Attract enemies. Oh. The really the weakest thing about the game by a, a mile is the combat, yeah. and the combat is just rubbish. Really. That came in quite late in the uh, in the early access version. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred if they had maybe more tactical, thoughtful, turn-based combat, or at least something maybe that's built more into the text adventure engine. But as it stands, it's a Basically, a maneuvering game where you have a firing arc and you're trying to keep the enemy in your firing mm. arc, and um, it becomes this fiddly thing of just tapping the buttons to keep like doing like almost like tiny donuts. Yeah, it becomes that thing of like, like you know, when you're in the dodgems or whatever, and like somebody's like trying to get away from you, you just keep following them behind, yeah. so they can't ever get away because you're just yeah, constantly yeah. following them. It's just that, but that's how I played Black Flag. Yeah, like, mm. <laughs> and it's weird because it's kind of mechanical, but it doesn't. It's not terribly satisfying, but the problem is the. The combat is also really, it's really easy to die in combat. It feels odd that they've added in. It feels like they kind of added in the combat because they felt that they had to. Yeah. Because actually the best way to play it quite by miles is just not Avoid fighting combat. and just avoiding. Yeah, yeah. okay. But there's a whole sort of, uh, there's a lot of features in there which are about combat and improving Absolutely. your boat and Absolutely. adding new guns to your boat and stuff. So I haven't really explored that this part is the thing. Of the game I mean, I, I don't know how you've got on with it, but I really like it. But it really feels like the game is almost at odds with itself. Of it, it, the game thrives and flies when you're doing the kind of the, the, the dense text stuff and you're reading. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. But then in between, you've got um, a lot of dead time where it feels like the only reason your boat goes so slowly is because if your boat went any quicker, you'd be able to go around the entire map in a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're just going very slowly from A to B. And then 
all of the kind of trading stuff that's supposed to, it doesn't really enrich the game very much it often just again just makes sure that you can't go everywhere because you need resources and I find the weird thing about it is the two games don't gel very well and I mm. find myself when I'm doing all of the resource management stuff so I can do my next big journey mm. and get more story yeah um you get into the habit of just clicking without reading because you like click, 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 do all these things. And sometimes it, you, I find myself staying in that mindset. And then when I'm getting new story, I'm just almost like clicking, clicking through. through. Yeah. yeah. Because it's two different like styles of play. Yeah. You? Like you get to learn what certain bits of, what certain paragraphs of text are trying to tell you. They're yeah. very, very, the gist of it, man. yeah, they're very flavorful. Like it's really quite dense. You have to properly pay attention when you first play it. Like you're, like secrets and stories are different yeah. things and like <laughs> yeah. you trade those with different people. You get port reports that you sell back to the Admiral in London and stuff like that. Um, you see dialogue choices that you can't access and it explains what you need to be able to access those. It's like, you need seven Oberon scarves. That's and, another confusing and, thing. And yeah. three, it's like, what do all of these things mean? Well, it's because you realise that the, the whole <laughs> way that Fallen London works is basically a kind of browser game mm. with like buttons and options and stuff. And this is basically, I think, uses the exact same engine, but they've just kind of created the visual stuff and created the game around it. Mm. So it looks like it's not a browser game, but actually... You can tell it is because yeah. often it'll have this weird thing where sometimes when you hover over things, it gives you like tooltips tool tips <laughs> yeah, yeah. that don't make sense because they're like clearly to do with variables and stuff. It's like yeah. if this variable equals and it's yeah, like, yeah. you kind of go, I shouldn't be able to see it that. It feels like you're like, seeing the code of the game. It yeah. does. And it kind of bothers me because it reminds yeah. me a lot of, um, what's that game that you made me play? Is it King of Dragon Valley? The King of Dragon Pass. King of Dragon Pass. And I bet you play it again, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that game's really good, and that's the similar thing that happens in Sunless Sea, which is uh, you make choices that lay dormant for yeah. like hours of play, and then they come back to haunt you later on. Uh, so things like something that happens quite early on, which most players will come across, is um, when you come back to London for the first time, uh, yeah. you've run out of like fuel and mm. stuff, and you go, you're going to go like, stock up on fuel and buy some more stuff. You'll come across a shady man down the docks who's all like, "Oh, a mysterious benefactor would like to gift you." 15 crates of fuel and 10 crates of supplies. It, that's like loads. Mm. Yeah. It's like, that's like enough. Like, yeah, it's Yeah, that'll loads. do you for a number of journeys. And you're like, well, what's the drawback here? And you go, no, no, there's no drawback at all. It's just this mysterious benefactor who would like you to go visit him on his island there's at some point. Yeah, somewhere. he's like, he might want uh, something from you at some point, yeah. basically. So you can take, I, I took those supplies and then later on he'll, he comes back and he's like, oh, um, our mysterious benefactor was wondering if you'd carry this crate of mysterious souls oh. to this, uh, <laughs> this far-flung place. And you can decline it. And he's like, feel free to decline. That's absolutely fine. But my Some master might be a little bit disappointed with you. Yeah. Some bad shit went down. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, things can go bad. Is it well written? The it's writing really is well written. very good. Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing is actually the only frustration I have with it is um, it's a bit actually like L.A. Noir and the fact that I really like what they were trying to do with it. I wish they just focused on the cases yeah. and writing them better and having the interrogations be better and just fucked off the whole you can drive around LA thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because in this it's like I can see I like the visual style and I like discovering new islands and mm -hmm. the, the feeling sometimes of being like terrified that you're not going to make it back to port before you go mad but at the same time the whole sailing thing and especially the combat thing it kind of just gets in the way and the resource management kind of gets in the way of you just getting more stories. Yeah. And often I find that the bit where I really got lost in it was uh, an island called Nuncio, I think, mm -hmm. which is like an island full of postmen. 
<laughs> and everyone on the island is works for the postal service for this island and they all have outfits and and I, I haven't finished that storyline because the thing it does and this is kind of good but kind of annoying sometimes is it'll be like you'll get to a point where you can't progress the story unless you've got certain items okay. and because the cargo space on your ship is quite limited it means basically specifically getting that stuff and then coming oh, back it's a pain in the ass mm. it is a bit and the problem I have with that is that each of the locations tends to have its own story and they're mm. often quite linear stories. Mm -hmm. And it means that if you die, you then, when you start again, even though it is kind of a roguelike... It does, it says that it randomises the map, but every time I've died and, and replayed, things are all roughly in yes. the same place. It's so semi-random. There's always, um, near London, there's always like the town of, uh, I think it's called Venderbright, and it's yes. like a, a town of basically near corpses where people because nobody dies on the undersea yeah everyone just goes to this town where everyone is 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 effectively dead but they're all like walk, walking corpses yeah um and so I, I feel like i've exhausted most of the stories there because it's the first town that i always go to as there's the swathes of the map that i haven't i still haven't seen yet what i can't work out is it's like i think there is a random element of sometimes like you go to a place and it's just different than usual mm. but like they seem like a bit of a kind of like lucky rolls of the dice where like you're like, oh this is rare that I got a different story bit. And the problem I have is sometimes because when you die, you think, oh, and then it means you do have to do the skip thing of skipping through to get back to the bit of the story that you want to get to to oh, finish that annoying. story. Mm. I think it's just odd because actually the thing is, I died like a couple of times in a few hours and then I actually got better at the game. Yeah. Realised that the answer of combat is just run the hell away, don't go near anything. Yeah. Yeah. And in my third game, I haven't died and I, it's unlikely I will because I'm being very careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, it's, it's weird it's a roguelike because it doesn't suit. Roguelikes and stories yeah. mm. don't work yeah. unless you carry on the story from where you left off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that it's sort of, that sounds really annoying that you have to then go, oh, I really like that story. Now I have to go back and get to and that it's, point And again. it's also because it is slightly randomised as well. Like you'll go to Vendorbright and you'll see the same script that you saw before but you can't just click through it to get to the bit you want to get to. Because oh, sometimes yeah. it might pop up and show you something new. So yeah. you sort of have to scan every paragraph yeah. that you've read before and go, okay, it's this. Okay, it's this. Okay, oh, hang on. No, that's new. Oh, and I don't know if that's really that. clever or really annoying. It's, I would find that tedious. I yeah. It's yeah. not perfect. I mean, there's lots about it that's really, really good, but it just feels... I would, I would recommend it. Yes. I think it's really yeah. good fun. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And mm. like, I just think it's one of those odd things where I feel like... Their resource management doesn't gel some of the stories. And it annoys me that with all the writing, you've got this... I mean, I play it on a, a big telly that you can see. And it's always like all the text takes up like a tiny bit of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't like... You can't make it bigger. You can't you're like... You're focusing like a tiny part of yeah, your so you're, I'm constantly looking. I mean, I've got a 32-inch telly here. And I'm constantly <laughs> looking at a size which is like... Probably the size of... Like a, like a post-it note size on of a screen. 3DS game, yeah. So imagine, yeah. imagine a 3DS game case um, on a... <laughs> 32 inch telly and that's the bit of the screen yeah. that you spend the most it's time tiny. looking at for the listeners at home Matt is holding a, a DS case and a uh, ghost trick I bought ghost, oh, ghost trick oh, ghost trick yeah. I you recommended last, it last time I was on the podcast it's so much really. fun yeah. have, you not, have you played it? no oh, man, you're gonna fucking like love that yeah. well that's exactly yeah, what Steve yeah. was talking yeah. about and so I bought it I haven't played it yet but I will do amazing game I might borrow it after you actually yeah sure but yeah Thunder Z is really cool and it's like it's it's amazing when you've got the time for it, but yeah, you really need to go into it with like a weird. It's so frustrating because it's this thing of like it wants you to like be in this really relaxed zone mm -hmm. where you want to completely immerse yourself into it. Mm. But then when you're on an island or when you're going through a story and when you have these nice contained bits of story where it's like you just keep digging and digging and 
getting more and more story and it's really exciting and interesting, it's awesome. Yeah. But then in between, like there's not a lot to do when you're just on the sea. Yeah, and it's actually yeah. the sort of thing where I start end up the problem is I start playing my 3DS or something when I'm doing it because <laughs> all you need to do is just keep an eye out. And you're yeah. like, oh jellyfish, need to sending oh, your sending your Z bat out to look for new islands. Yeah, but often when you're just going back a long way, you just it takes like twenty minutes and Yeah. Is it just on PC? Yeah. Is there any reason that it should just be on PC? Uh, I could it see could it be being an iPad. iPad. It could be thing. an iPad game. It sounds yeah. like it would be awesome on iPad. I think it would be. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a game that um, we talk about yeah, having to come at it with the with the right attitude and mood. It's yeah. If you if you feel like reading a book, mm. play Sunless Sea. If you feel like playing a game, maybe wait until you feel like reading a yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those weird things though where the game bits annoy me a bit because mm. I just want to read. Yeah. I tell you what does it better, and it's quite similar. It's eighty days, which we talked on here a lot. Mm. Yeah. That's a great comparison. But yeah. 80 Days um, is just so much smarter in the fact that it has all this game mechanic stuff, but it's so simple yeah. that it never gets in the way of other stuff. Yeah, and, and the writing in that is is very short. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have those things where you're being tricked by a paragraph that you've already read and trying to look for the things that you haven't seen before. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It does actually, the way it presents the text in some of the sea is a bit odd sometimes. It, 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 sometimes it refreshes it and sometimes you have to... I don't know. You do. Yeah, you have to learn how to read its 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 text as well. Because, it's strange. Yeah, it sounds like it remind me when you're talking about it. it sounds like uh, the Samogo game that I was talking about before, Sailor's Dream. I think it is. Like, yeah. Whereas that is perfect because that's all islands and that as well. But it's just like okay, now you've done this bit, you can unlock this island, and it's it's very just like it focuses on the actual text and the actual story rather than then introducing like these weird game bits into it. Game stuff is pretty light. It just sort of. I don't know. I mean, what I'd say actually is when Steve Steve started playing it before I did, and I was talking mm. to Steve about it, and he was like, "Oh, I think I get the hang of it. I think what you have to do is to keep like circling round to local ports, getting the port reports, and then coming home, which is sort of true to begin with. I recommend do that the first time you play because you've got to learn how the game works vaguely. Yeah. Mm. But as soon as you get the basics, a better way to do it is actually to really strike out in one direction mm. and stop on everywhere you knew you find along the way, but don't feel afraid to like. Keep not going. go venture out because yeah, the yeah, problem is yeah. otherwise you end up just doing tiny little circles Same thing all the time, yeah. and um, it's when you go out further away because there are some interesting characters in yeah. the local places and interesting things but it's when you start finding islands further away and locations further away and actually that's when the game becomes breathtaking is when mm. you some of the locations like uh Oh, he's been to the frost place, the big frost like yes. mo- like building, and yeah. everyone's terrified of it. And the game even says like you've got the option to go into it if you've got the right resources. And it's like you should not go into this place unless <laughs> you need to, unless you have a yeah. reason to. Yeah, yeah. And it's this idea of being like you don't know what's in there, mm. but it's I don't know. It manages to really conjure up a very terrifying sense of place sometimes. Yeah, it's very very cool. Anyway, what have you been playing, Eva? I've been playing um, Resident Evil Revelations too. Um, you sound thrilled about that. Yeah, no, well, actually, <laughs> no. It's just because you guys have been like talking so like thrillingly about about Silent Sea. But um, no, I actually I I'm surprised surprised at how much I like Revelations too. Mm. Um, I was a big Resi fan back in the day, and then did you play Revelations one. Yes, I did. I absolutely um, did. You play it on three DS or did yeah. you play it on when it got re released? I started it on three DS, but then my hands just like became yeah. sort of claw. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like, perfect on three DS. Mm. I liked it, but um, I played it properly again, like on the thing. Don't say I'm, properly. Well, okay, I played it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of three DS people. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of handheld just because yeah. I I like to be seated. And you've and got like giant hands. Fake gamer gab. Fake gamer gab. I don't know. It's that's just my personal preference. I I I have like a 3DS and I have like a Vita, but I just don't use them ever. 
Um, you were singing the praises of handheld gaming on Video Game Nation, Aoife. No, I think you're right. That wasn't. <laughs> for, for the handheld episode that you for were in. For the handheld episode, I did say, oh, I don't usually play them, but they're whatever. Um, but no, uh, Resi Revelations 1, I think, was like, it was proper a return to form for the series. I think a lot of people felt, because um, it was kind of like old school. Yeah. Um, it was a bit, because I never really played it, but I always intended to. So mm. that counts for something, goddammit. It reminded me of like, uh, wasn't it a bit like... What they did, because Resi 4 just had a great system, and then mm-hmm. it had that, you completed the game and thought, wow, whiz bam, what a, what a rocket. And then <laughs> you, uh, you afterwards, like it was like mercenaries mode, and you're like, what's mercenaries mode? And you yeah. were like, oh shit, this is really cool um, and mad. Wasn't it a bit like in, more inspired by mercenaries mode? For the 3DS well, version, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, Revelations... One and two have have their own version of Mercenary Mode, yeah. Um, Which is awesome. Yeah, it was actually really fun. I didn't expect to like it at all. Like, I I mean, I just never played uh, Resi for action. Like, I don't think a lot of people did. I mean, certainly not people who grew up with with the older Resi games, but. um, So you got these days, so. Well, that's it, right? (laughs) Um, But Resi 2 kind of. the thing, the thing I did, I never liked about Resi One was kind of uh, the secondary characters. Like I, I love Jill Valentine; she's she's my homegirl. Like I'll always love her. But mm. um, this the one always kind of roped you with really sort of hateful side characters. Like um, what did you call the one that Chris had? Um, who was just she was like, oh, me and my sweet. Oh ass yeah, with, yeah. Oh, she was like the medic girl. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wore like this ridiculous sniper outfit. And she was just really annoying. Um, but Relations Two is like. Claire Redfield's back like after yeah. years and years mm-hmm. and Barry Burton like fucking Barry Burton yeah. like it's he's a really just, good cast isn't it it's so good and um but the the surprising thing is that the secondary characters are also quite good um like uh so Moira is Barry's daughter who yeah. is paired with Claire and um she's just like this really foul-mouthed um sort of very I don't know sort of punk rock kind of a, a teenager um and then Barry has like a little girl who doesn't have... Neither of them use guns. Um, Moira, just for moral reasons, I guess, she just uses a flashlight and um, she has a crowbar that she gets. And the little girl... Still, you can really fuck somebody up with a flashlight. I'd probably put my morals to one side if I was on a zombie infestation. So I haven't... It doesn't really... It hasn't explained yet why, but she just refuses. I mean, Claire alludes to some... Oh, I forgot. Like, that happened. She was like, oh, I don't don't touch guns since the incident. She's like Doctor Um, Who. So something happened to put her off guns. You don't know what it is. But um, she yeah. So she has this flashlight that she uses, and the little girl points. Points. That's so funny. You were talking yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's like, she's in a nighting, like a, a little, little nighty. She's so really she's so weird. creepy. She's yeah. so creepy. She's like something like, out of the ring. She yeah. is, and I bet I just have this feeling that she's a figment of Barry's imagination yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she can point at uh, at objects. Yes. So that but, Barry can't and see. And Moira has the same thing that she can shine a flashlight and sort yeah. of turn up objects. I really like that mechanic, which is really great. Yeah, because it actually. It it sort of it encourages you to switch where ordinarily I wouldn't mm. bother. I would I mean, just stick with Claire. But in co-op, yeah. two players control those two characters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no one which... would be fucking torch girl, do you? No, all pointing girl. Be, no, but to be honest, it's like it no, supports little character. It supports, I like it. but actually, it works much better in where it wouldn't work in other games. That um, now you can you can evade. Um, they've kind of refined their their evade function, whereas yeah. you can sort of shine the light at someone and that actually stops them long enough that um, Claire can then run up and melee them. 
Um, oh, that's quite cool. But also, yeah. so you can, I mean, in, in any other resi game, you'd be backed into a corner, you'd be fucked, basically. Mm, yeah. But now that you have the evade function, you're actually luring them away, whereas you can escape and they can actually just be firing yeah. shotgun shells into yeah. the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't get completely pummeled if you're fast That's enough. the thing with Resi, with Resi 6, I remember, like, they added, like, tons of moves and stuff. Mm. Like, there was actually the amount of maneuverability. Oh, yeah, where you could, like, slide on your back. You could do, like, loads of awesome stuff. I mean, the rest of the game was kind of a bit pap. But, I mean, like... Are they kept in a lot of mad stuff like that, or are they? Not really. I mean, you can still move and shoot, um, but you can't do all, you yeah. can't do all the crazy stuff that, that Leon did. Um, but it's like, it's like purposely like stripped back, isn't it? Yeah, which like, is, which works perfectly well. It's actually and even in the simplest terms, that there's a lot more darkness, obviously because mm. um, f- like light and and sort of usage of it is is yeah. bigger mechanic in this one. But it, it just goes so far to sort of. Um, to reinvigorating the atmosphere of the older Resi games that, you know, you actually... Yeah. There were a few points that I actually felt a little bit scared and a little well, think, bit like... Yeah. Especially I've, when one character and, and you... Because I was playing on my own, I wasn't playing co-op. Yeah. So when you, you're you're forced to switch to the, the vulnerable character, let's say, mm. um, and you have to separate from the character who essentially has all the firepower, it's yeah. actually quite scary. Yeah. Um, but when, it, it's just... Sorry. So uh, when I was uh, playing uh, as, as a little girl... Mm. I don't know, because you play a bit more than me. Yeah. Barry wasn't shooting his gun. He has, like... Oh, no. So, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, I was so, running around pointing at zombies going, Barry, there's, <laughs> there's a zombie right there. Baz, mate. Baz. You saw this one no, out. That's a really good point, because actually, so I've played... I've, I've completed the first episode, and when, when I play as Claire and Moira, and I'm Moira, Claire shoots at whatever I'm pointing okay, at. But yeah. when I was Barry and Natalia... Bari didn't. Right. So that I don't know whether that's that's a good point. Maybe mm. that's the AI. Lazy. Or... Check out the Barry AI camera. Yeah. And he has fucking he has shitloads of guns. He's got he starts he out with like, he's got an like a assault magnum rifle and an assault rifle. And it's great because fucking... in a resi game, I always think right, you've, you've magnum you've is seen the magnum enemies. is the last. Barry's <laughs> magnum. Yeah. You have to, like, yeah. Yeah. You've seen enough zombies now. You're yeah. experienced at this. You should be showing up armed to the teeth. Yeah. yeah. And and Barry does it. <laughs> yeah. There's no excuses. Just pull up like just pull this gun. Shit. Yeah. Like in Resi One, like. Chris starts out with a knife. Yeah, and it's like, come on, mate. You're meant to be part of this special forces group. And you don't even, even have if a you gun. didn't know what situation you were yeah. walking into, like yeah. him to know with a knife, like he's got a gesture down. His boss would be like, "You fucked up. I told you to bring your bag. Yeah, and you haven't, <laughs> and you haven't done it again. Yeah. You, can, you can do it in your pants. Yeah. Like, you've got all this really expensive equipment, <laughs> and you just keep leaving it. Yeah, like I generally felt scared. Like when you're saying like being scared by yeah. Resi in the first time. Like when I played Revelations for the first time on the 3DS, where it's meant to be played. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> I was genuinely scared because of that the handheld thing is so immediate it's right there mm. and it draws you in a little bit more and I think th- this is why I never understood why it was re- why Revelations was remade obviously because nobody bought it on 3DS mm. but because it, that was a perfect 3DS game it was like yeah. it did it like chapters sure. because that's how you want to play 3DS games you want to yeah. sit down yeah, for yeah. Right. you want to sit down for 40 minutes 45 minutes on the mm. tube for your commute and then you want to go right that's the end of that chapter and then when you go back it says previously on Resident Evil yeah, and yeah. you go back and play the chapter like you reviewed so, it for Fish and Nintendo yeah, I assume, yeah, right yeah. like and I think the two of us at the same time were just like it's perfect. It's a perfect 3DS game. And then... You're totally right. And they've retained... Yeah. The, the, the strange thing is they've retained <laughs> that episodic structure for the yeah. sequel, which is They've made it consoles. actually episodic this time. Yeah. Which just doesn't work, I don't think. I mean... But I think they've misunderstood what people... that What was yeah, good yeah. about the like, game. No, I just... I mean, like, the the aesthetic of it is, you know, they, they there is... Um, 
you've got a campaign is divided into, you know, Claire and Barry. Yeah. And each episode will start with Claire and then finish with Barry. And there's a, so there's a little bit of an overlap in, in where they are. But yeah. uh, Claire, chronologically, Claire and Moira come before Barry and Natalia. So you can kind of intersect and see yeah. what the other team has done before you and all mm. this. But other than that, it's just like... I. I don't see why they would re- like withhold yeah. content. I've got to be honest. Like I've I've always noticed, and this is like from three or four years ago. Capcom have a weird habit of whenever there's a thing, like whenever there's a new thing, like a monetization or a model or whatever, they always end up like doing it, doing it, and like at a weird time, like weirdly a yeah. bit later yeah. than you would think. And always it. with like the wrong. Yeah, game they, they, they don't do it right. Yeah. They just do it, like because Dragon's so, so Dogma it must, had it must a, be like a. Like a marketing thing. It must yeah. be, yeah. Because Dragon's Dogma had microtransactions in it, and I remember it being just like, they weren't really, they were kind of pointless. Like, yeah. it, it was this weird thing of being like, you could do it, but why would you? Why are they yeah. in here? Yeah. It was just this odd thing <laughs> of being exactly like, the same, yeah. It honestly seems like somebody just says, hey, um, Telltale's big now. Telltale's big. Yeah. yeah. And the next one, you need to make it episodic. <laughs> yeah. And then, it's like, we sort of already did with the chapter thing. Excellent. No, no, no. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. But the thing is, so like with Telltale, like that that was always that's all that's been their thing for a long time. But yeah. with, with Revelations 2, the content's already there. They've 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 got yeah. it stuck to like a weekly schedule. Like episode the yeah, episodes You can't develop already, it in a week, can you? Yeah. No, exactly. And the episodes are already there. So I don't know why they would be like, Well, you could play this, but we're not gonna give it to you for yeah, another week. Like, you're you're saying, really hung- like are you gonna be hungrier for it? Like, I don't know. Like do they, they think They were saying in like, when I interviewed them, they were like, Oh yeah, people might like pick up episode one and then not play episode two and just like come back in episode four. It's like who why? Play, who plays games like that? No watches. Who watches telly like that? Because it's they're obviously like adopting like a telly model for it. Yeah. Nobody watches the episode one or something. Going that was all right. Sounds to me. Uh, maybe I'll watch episode six. It's going in the See exact opposite right. direction of what TV <laughs> yeah. is doing. Yeah. Netflix like in, releases like is it like in, in two days time? Yeah. The whole season of House of Cards is coming mm-hmm. out. Exactly. I, yeah. I put money on. I put money on what happened. Is somebody up top said it had to be done because they thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. And now yeah. everybody. Down is trying yeah. to come up with ideas why it's cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. who would anyone who give that as a reason why it's cool? Mm. Hey, why not just skip episodes two and three and yeah. go straight to four? <laughs> the, the, thing really, the finale first is like yeah. they're grasping at fucking straws. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that really annoys me as well is I was like, it was like I loved Revelations for the fact that it was like a perfect commute game where I could play forty five minutes and then I could do a do a chapter and mm. then maybe I play a chapter on the way home or something like that. So mm. I thought, okay, it must be releasing on the Vita. I'll just play the Vita version. That's fine. No. <laughs> they're only releasing the Vita version <laughs> where when every single episode has been released oh, yeah. so it's like what the fuck is that about <laughs> that, is, that is fucking mental it's like they're trying to fuck me up <laughs> like personally you're right though because on the Vita it would be great yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, every week get a new thing Monday morning yeah. brilliant to go back to why the game's actually good yeah <laughs> uh, Aoife you mentioned uh, an interesting thing about how Revelation sort of went back to the Resi roots and one thing I loved about Revelations was uh, it's the first time in a long time with a Resi game where uh, the location is one of the biggest things mm-hmm. in the game. So Resi yeah. 1 was mm. the mansion. Resi 2 is the police station. After that, it's all They've sort been in, like, of... facilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all sort of branched out into weird things. And when Revelations came out, it was set on a ship. Yeah. It was so like, good. Yeah. Such an atmospheric ship yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So Revelations 2... 2 is, is kind of similar. I mean, it, it's still very early days, but the whole premise is... Um, uh, Moira and Clara work for TerraSave, which is kind of like you know, the new BSAA or whatever. Mm. But they get um, they get kidnapped and they um, end up on this sort of remote island um, 
sort of rundown military facility that seems completely abandoned, but you get the sense from picking up uh, files and stuff because it's a Resident Evil game. You should always read the files. Yeah. Um. That that some weird experiments have happened. Um. But the really interesting thing I find about this game. Um. And I've spoken to a friend Neil who works at Capcom who says like nobody else has really picked up on this or talked about it but they seem to really want to force Kafka down your throat when you're playing it like you pick up all these notes like in sort of a, yeah a, I know it's the, ca- to the Kafka, Kafka stuff which is kind of like yeah you have like all these sort of um little excerpts from in the penal colony yeah. and the trial and and like the the first insects or the first um sort of enemies you run into are these big insects you know like, like right yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um and then uh so the the sort of big bad of it is this um, mysterious uh, person who's talking to you over uh, these little bracelets that you wear, and they keep quoting all this stuff at you. And I just I think it's just quite it's very atmospheric. It's kind of like it's a little bit. Uh, Do you reckon someone at Capcom has just read Franz Kafka? Yeah. I think they've just, just like, like oh, this, need, this totally to works. This still <laughs> yeah. works. You know, like it does feel a bit on the nose sometimes. It's I a think. little bit yeah. too on the nose, but you know what? It's like I just I would much prefer that than playing as fucking you know. Alpha Bravo fucking. That's why it's uh, why it's episodic. So every week after you finish the latest bit, you can go and chat Kafka down the pub. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) one of the main guys who's made the game though made Operation Raccoon City because I remember like when I spoke to him, he was like, well, I was talking to him about what his favorite. It was the American one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, because he he was. I was saying, oh, what are some of your, you know, you guys haven't worked on that many Resident Evil mm. games. What are some of your favorite things? And obviously, everyone's like, oh, Resi One, Resi Two. This guy was like, oh, I really like Operation Raccoon because of the first Resi that I worked on. I was like, yeah, wow, no, mate, <laughs> 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 like, like it was balls, mate. You know oh, that <laughs> it was. But the other interesting thing about this game is, um, it was so obviously Resident Evil has like a a bit of um, a reputation for really shitty dialogue, mm. um, which is kind of like why everyone and Barry loves it. especially. Barry especially yeah, yeah, yeah. this one was actually um mostly they just uh they they just take the dialogue verbatim um and translate it from yeah. japanese to english whereas this they actually fully rewrote it in english oh that's a shame um <laughs> yeah well, it, it, it's good and it's bad revelations the first one was amazing yeah you don't get any of that clunky sort of you know oh, the jill sandwich you know you don't get any of that stuff but then moira that, moira as a character in particular really benefits from it because she's mm. just got such a fucking foul mouth like That's she's good. just like oh moist bag of dicks like coming out with all these <laughs> which, are, yeah. which are really funny and um, apparently the the US that kind of hasn't gone down as well as here oh, because really? of the cultural oh. difference yeah they don't really like yeah. that that sort of offhanded swearing mm. but I think it um, yeah and they don't actually it's funny I, I've all. noticed that in, mainly in podcasting uh, I try not to swear as much these days mainly for lots of reasons but mm. back in the day people used to be like well, you occasionally get people being like, whoa, like, whoa, you leave, what, leave it yeah. out. Like, why are you swearing really? so much? Yeah, um, smearing is a much bigger deal in America. Yeah. And it's a really big problem with Scottish people because, uh, specifically because of the C word, which got dropped uh, yeah. a ton of times when it was me, you, and yeah. Jim last time. And I always get a bit awkward about it because I know. Because that's America, so much more offensive in America. In America, yeah. Yeah. In America it means like. It's highly sexist. It's yeah. one of the most offensive sexist things you can yeah. say. Whereas if you're. It's, it's, entirely, it's, it's gender word. neutral. Yeah. 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 It, it, over here, it's gender yeah. neutral. Or even if you're in Scotland. term of endearment. It just means a person. Like yeah. <laughs> in Scotland, it, is just it means dad. It means anything. <laughs> like it's so, but you find it funny how like Hedgy was like, you're like, what? What's wrong? In Re- in Revelations, there was a lot of just really odd lines. Like wasn't it like there's an amazing one that What's we that? loved where it was yeah. just like, oh, this new PC is tits. Yeah, it's like it was like it was something like you meant to say the shit, yeah. but you said it's it's a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it almost it almost kind of it doesn't work as well with Barry because that's why he's such a cult figure like yeah. Soma has fucking Soma he has was the guy you said so uh, 
I'll give this pick, uh, lock pick to you, Jill. Yeah, the master, the master of, of unlocking. unlocking. <laughs> and there, there is some shade thrown at like the the classic Resi dialogue. Like at, at one point in the first episode, like Claire goes, "I was almost a Claire sandwich." <laughs> like she may nice. as well wink at the camera. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's the kind of thing that. that so I when's it enjoy. all out? So the first episode is out now. Yeah. It's out today, mm-hmm. and then theoretically every episode will be out every week. We haven't mentioned yeah. the the raid mode, which is like my favorite. Really good bit yeah. about yeah. it. They're like really short runs, like five minute mm-hmm. runs through uh, loads of classic Resi yes. settings as well. Well, so there's um there's areas from from this game. There's areas from Revelations One and weirdly Resi Six, which mm. was, was kind of. I like thought I was playing a lot of Resi favorite. Four as well. There there's a village from Resi Four. But it's a game. It's it's uh, you have a character that levels up as you play. You get experience from killing these zombies. Um, and you open chests. You where open they're chests. Like, uh, records where you put mm. into a jukebox, and you can unlock like new guns and stuff. Mm. The thing I loved about it is it really cranks up the kind of really cheesy J-pop. Like when you're running around it these does. stages, the music I love is it. so it's good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. That it's sounds like, really. It's good. like someone looked at the mechanics of Resi yeah. and just go. This is really good fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we can just make a new little game with this where you're just running around. I love zombies I in the love face. Resi 5 because I played it with my um my old housemate as a, mm. as an action game co-op mm. and it was complete bollocks. And at first I kind of thought, "Oh, this is a bit offensive with some of the stuff." Yeah. Then I realized it was just like the most ignorant things I've ever played, but in in a way that was just like, "Oh, I love them when you you were in Africa and you went underground and found Aztec ruins. It's just like, they don't, you, that's another <laughs> they have no continent. Idea. Oh, it's all black people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a bit like, guys, this is weak. Yeah. But it was a fun action game and it was just stupid nonsense. The thing is that's kind of um, not really given the, the credit it deserves is Revelations 2, at least. The gunplay is really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like, getting headshots in that game, is like, especially as Barry, because he's got some great guns yeah, like yeah. you just go poof, like a headshot you really it's meaty you know you yeah. just hear the especially in raid mode as well because damage numbers ping off oh, enemies yes. oh, so good. So, so it's, it's like borderlands everyone's got health yeah. bars mm. above them you get a headshot especially if you get a new gun which is like so much better than what you've got that you've got you're doing yeah. like 800 damage per headshot with a with a with like a an assault rifle then you get a magnum and you attach like a fire mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah the incendiary which, which like sets some stuff. zombies on fire and you're headshotting them you're getting like 2800 damage like yeah. this is amazing so <laughs> that's so many numbers <laughs> so many numbers <laughs> guys I only just stopped playing destiny all right? yeah. <laughs> get me in trouble here. yeah um, alright let's do some questions that sounds good though Resi actually it mm. is yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's the sort of thing I might as well wait until it's a full package that's yeah, the thing definitely. I don't, you can yeah. play on your view because uh, even with like the raid mode they're adding more to the raid mode with every episode as well they are so. and you can actually yeah because every episode adds extra characters to it which is really? kind of it's kind of cool but yeah I just I don't think this will be a terribly divisive question but we'll find out mm-hmm. um, Tom Curtis says would you rather have delayed release dates or releasing broken games Delayed release yeah, days. Yeah, delayed release days. Yeah. 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 I don't know why anyone would want broken games. Who would want a broken game? Uh, I, like, I, I kind of like uh, the YouTube clips of really broken yeah. games, though. That's always amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Miyamoto I had, like, that famous quote when he was delaying Ocarina of Time for, like, was that delayed for, like, a year and a half or something? Yeah. And he was like, well, I'd rather, like, release a game late like in 20 years time no one's going to remember that Ocarina of Time was a year and a half late oh, yeah. Yeah. they will remember if it's buggy and shit yeah. that's a good point yeah, that's and I think um, uh, sorry not uh, not Phil Fish um, uh, the indie developer the indie developer the other one the other one not Phil Fish the other one which yeah. one uh, again he was uh, there was there was a headline about his game being The Witness uh, John, 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 John Blow, Blow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
he's he's delayed that and again he said the same thing it's yeah. like in 10 years time people aren't going to remember the fact that I delayed it slightly they yeah. will remember if it's if it's buggy and, and yeah. I think I think with Assassin's Creed and stuff like that is because that team has then got to go on to make the next Far Cry this is mm. like look you've got this amount of time to make it then you've got to, you've got to be on Far Cry in March yeah. Yeah. so you better fucking you just got to get it done and whatever happens then we'll put the patch team on that <laughs> like and you're making Far Cry yeah. so I mean, whereas, Ubisoft, yeah. Ubisoft have that factory of games developers. Exactly, they've, yeah. they've got the scheduling nailed down for yeah. all those stuff. So. Yeah, it's just the products don't quite work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they must, they've got a weird infrastructure at Ubisoft, I think. like It seems like they often have like lots of studios around the globe combining stuff. And they I reckon been... they've got a giant battery farm on like on Jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're just like churning out these games. Well, they've always been really adamant that this system of having like loads of studios and loads of play locations around mm. the world making one thing works. And mm. yet, I don't... Think yeah. it does like because they keep releasing stuff which is like. Well, it's been a while since work. there's been a new cause the thing about the way Crunch works as well. Is they release a game, and they sack everyone. Yeah. And Ubisoft there hasn't been a high profile Ubisoft that's sacking very true. in a long time. Because they've got a constant rotation. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Like whatever you think about Call of Duty, I really like the way that Activision do it. Where they got Treyarch and what's the other one? Oh, Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. And, yeah. Like it seems like there's a really nice little Infinity sort of verses well, with like, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. So they're just like, gotta say, like, actually, like you guys are against each other to make the best like, Call of Duty yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like people are like, uh, you know, now that the the hate train has moved over towards Ubisoft, Ubisoft and EA a bit. Yeah. But people still rag on Activision a lot, just like as being like, oh, Activision is shit. And it's like, yeah. you know what, like, last year especially, the two games I played, which were just, like, immediately very well made, mm-hmm. yeah. really, both Activision, like, Destiny was just, like, there just weren't really, like, I mean, there were bugs in it, but, like, it was just so smooth. And yeah. the Call of Duty, the campaign was kind of rubbish, but you play it online, the amount of stuff to do in that game, and how immediately it just, it was like, you know what, like, it, there's a lot to be said for games that you could just put in your console, and it just works, mm. and it works really well. And Activision... They're good at that. They're really good at that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. fair play. They must be like, you've got to have stuff finished like four months in advance. <laughs> I have no idea how they do it. But, this um, is the only podcast that, like, simultaneously says Jonathan Blow is awesome and Activision at the same time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, I've, their campaign in Call of Duty was just rubbish. Mm. Um, and I'm fascinated by that because it's just, Call of Duty now is just, it's useless because it's so big that it can't do anything. No, they've got to serve mm-hmm. the fan base that they've got now. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that fascinates me more than anything, and I kind of want to make a video about it, but it requires actual like loads of research and time. Mm. Um, I will do it at some point, but I really want to do like about the, the politics of Call of Duty and how they've shifted over the years. And now it's just become this hugely apolitical thing. And it's like both a weird sign of the times, but also just a sign of where the game's at. But like the last two or three Call of Duty games have all like had plot lines where it seems like they're saying something quite big about America or like mm. or about the the military complex and the, mm. the industrialization of it. And then just at the last minute just goes, nah. It's yeah. like this weird thing if it pulls all of its punches and yeah, it's like, yeah. what, you, what do you stand for? And it's just a shame because some of the old Call of Duties used to actually have like points, you know? Yeah. Like even in like the early ones, it was like, oh yeah, war is shit, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but Ed Stern asks if you could go back in time and talk to young you, what games would you make you play? That's such a good question. That's a good question, isn't it? I don't know. And this is tricky because does it mean like games that were available when you were young that you didn't know about? I think it does. Or does it yeah. mean you've got a time machine? <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. I never played that when it was around. Oh. I wish I had a Dreamcast with a modem <laughs> yeah. and I could uh, experience that. I wish that. I had a Dreamcast. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, you did miss out. Yeah. I used to play that with uh, Sean Bell of Midnight Resistance. Mm. I used to 
stay up all night playing it. Get your keyboard. You sit up in bed, get your keyboard on your lap on top of your duvet. And then I actually got, you got really good because you had to use a proper keyboard to type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I kind of developed the skill of being able to play the game whilst typing. Nice. Which is quite, <laughs> I'm quite amazed by that. Jeez. But it was 56k as well, which meant you couldn't play it in the day or the evening because uh, yeah, your parents you, would be get busy. fucked off about you taking the, the phone, phone line. phone line, yeah. yeah. So, and like splitters and stuff were really expensive mm. back then. So I, I always had, had two to, phone lines, I think. I always had to wait for my parents to go out to the pub before I could play any uh, online <laughs> games. I'd play MUDs. Muds. Yeah, multi-user dungeons. Multi-user dungeons. Never get my head around them. Yeah, Mudgick was the one I used to play. Uh, that was amazing. It's so vivid in my head, but it's probably an atrocious <laughs> thing, an atrocious game. I don't know what I would tell myself to play. I'd probably tell myself to stop like playing Worms so much or something like that. <laughs> like, or like, I used to play like Motorhead on the PC all the time. Like, I was obsessed though, with that. that. You discovered like later and thought, oh, I wish I'd done that. I don't know. I kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of liked everything that I didn't get to when I was younger. Discovering it a bit later when I was a little yeah. bit smarter maybe. Or I don't think there was anything that... able to appreciate it yeah, a bit more. Yeah, I don't think so. I was like, I mean, I was Nintendo and PC only mm. until I was like maybe 15 or something. Yeah. And that was when I got like my brother's PlayStation. Um, and I, la- I I just loved playing catch up after that. And then, you know, it got to a point now where too many things to play. Yeah, but no, I think I don't think there's anything that I. I'd probably play World of Warcraft less. Like less, yeah, <laughs> I spent yeah. like good six, seven years of my life on that game. I think um, it's I think it's good to have experienced a World of Warcraft addiction. Absolutely, yeah. but uh, it's character building. It is character building. <laughs> uh, but once you've you got know. once you've got past it, yeah, I've got my badge, my uh, my five year badge, yeah. <laughs> coin that I carry. Around. I probably would have stopped after uh, after Lich Wrath of Lich King. That's mm. probably where I would have. Yeah, I lost a lot of time to it as well, but I think I, yeah, it's hard because it was mainly, it's kind of a console. I think that's difficulty was like, again, coming back to like disposable income, really, forget yeah. about a lot of kids like that money that you couldn't, mm. now I've got the luxury of having all of the consoles I want. I haven't got an Xbox One, but I've got yeah. a real yeah. interest in it. But you've got uh, consoles you want. Consoles <laughs> that I want. Um, and that's not really that much of a problem, whereas, mm. you know, when you were a kid, I had, I had the N64 and I couldn't I would blow my younger self. Yeah. If I could go back in time and go, <laughs> I've got disposable income, I can buy any game I want right now. I can buy all the consoles. I have all the consoles. And I've mind. got all this spare time. And I don't play games as often as you play games right now. <laughs> that's true, though. I thought you said blow. I thought you were going to go back That's why I had to clarify it for him. You would blow your mind, yeah? I'd blow my mind. I, um, uh, maybe my penis. I don't know. I, like, I had, Is that a paradox? Though. Is it a time paradox if you do that? I don't know. Probably not. Back and no, nothing will really, off. <laughs> I mean, nothing will really happen, will yeah. it? So... Oh, it's so wrong. Um, no, because it's true. I had an N64 and I owned maybe like three games for it. But I yeah. made those. They fucking, were I made damn expensive. Yeah. They were like 60 quid. But didn't you cherish those games? I really fucking did. More? You didn't. I think I that's so why, did. if I could, I didn't have a PlayStation. But I think what I would have liked to have had was uh, Vagrant Story. Just because. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That was, it yeah. was really good. And I played it on the PSP. Uh, not legally. Uh, years later. Mm. Um, and it was like, it's I couldn't. Really the, the amount of it required of you. Like in terms of like real commitment, um, I couldn't quite do it as an adult, but yeah. I was aware mm. that it was really good. And I think if I'd had it as a kid, it would have been one of those things that I would have cherished and become yeah. obsessed with. Mm. And yeah, I was I was super lucky. I had a guy who lived behind our house who pirated games, and it was like 
it was just amazing. Like, mm. I think I paid him 45 quid to chip my PlayStation 1. Mm. And then... Oh, I PlayStation 1. And, and everyone was chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then a bit of blue tack and a biro. The biro. Yeah, I didn't have to do that because it was chip. I didn't have to do that. It was all chip, so it was amazing. But sometimes you had to play them like NTSC version. So you like, I think I played like Parasite Eve in black and white. Oh, and man. years later, I pl- years later I played it in color. I was like, this is shit. <laughs> when I was playing in black and white, I was like, this is so shit. atmospheric. The one thing I would do actually is uh, tell my younger self to fucking appreciate summer holidays. Like, cause imagine having imagine having that much time to play. Just be a, a teacher. Game That's why all yeah. my friends have become teachers. I think <laughs> so they can play games all summer. Like to, to like have that amount of free time to invest in a game now is like completely yeah. like. Oh, well, actually, fuck. that brings us on to. An Another question, which is a good one. Jason Hall asks, I love that we get questions now which are actually from the perspective of adults and not just yeah. children. Yeah. Um, if you had a week off from all responsibilities starting now, which games would you play? That's this is shamelessly stolen from BitSocket, which I've plugged as a podcast many times, but yeah, listen to BitSocket. I've got Grim Fandango waiting to go. Mm. I haven't started playing that yet. But is that what you would do? Yeah. <laughs> if you had the week off now... Well, it wouldn't take me. It wouldn't take me a week to play it. But that's, that's, that's where I'd start. That's top of my to-do pile. Because I find that I've got this weird phenomenon that I always have. A, I always have like a game that I think, oh, I'm going to play this game. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to have three days off, mm. and I'm going to play this game. You know, maybe I get it. Play, play something else. Yeah. Like, I might play Skyrim and actually play the main quest line. Yeah. Because I've yeah. never done that before. That's what I would like to do. I think, or just like spend loads of time and get good at Hearthstone, or like there's so many things mm. that I want to do, or play like. I bought the PS4 version of GTA V and haven't yeah. played any of it. Touch that. Um, I really want to play Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes, yeah, yes. that's what I, I would yeah. want to buy. I yeah. keep uh, really wanting to do that because, like, I've wanted to do like I've wanted to do a video for ages where I could tr- critique all the sex scenes, but I just can't get to them all. So I'm like, <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm generally thinking about taking a week off when Witcher Three comes out. Just so I can yeah. play that properly, mm. because I, otherwise yeah. I'll, I'll never play that. Yeah, I know. I know for a fact that I'll never play Witcher Three mm. unless I take a week off. To play. The thing I find when what, what you do is playing games and making video about games is it becomes a point where if you don't play it within a certain window of launch, you never then will. you're like, yeah. well, yeah. I can't so really justify great. it yeah. because. Like, it I, takes time. If I started like, and who else do you talk to about it? <laughs> in April, like, what do I do in April? If, if yeah. in April it's like, well, here's my video about Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. People are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I think I, I think I generally would play GTA Online because everything I've played of GTA Online, I really it's really so like. So much fun. And heists are launching next week. I've had lots of people asking me this question on Twitter. I might as well say, did you see your GP about diabetes? Mm. Uh, which is obviously not a gaming. Is that for me? No, I haven't. Have <laughs> <laughs> you looking at photos of me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got a. Alright? What a prick. <laughs> this is rude. That is really rude. <laughs> no, it's well, you check yourself by diabetes, fucker. <laughs> this is a weird thing. Like, you know, Doctor Internet, the classic thing of like, you know, you, you, you don't go on. Ever the Google your own you don't, yeah. don't use Doctor Internet because you, mm-hmm. you will always have the Convince worst thing. Yourself You'll you. be you didn't do that. No, I didn't. But okay. what happened was that this is like a variation of Doctor Internet mm. in that when I was doing Twi- the... Not Twitter Internet. No, no, no. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter Internet. Twitter internet. <laughs> Could you imagine Internet's that? Internet. Just tweeting all of your symptoms. What do you reckon I've got? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did a thing on regular features where I think I diagnosed myself whereas I basically was just a little bit tired and I diagnosed myself, me, you, yeah, the three of us did it. Yeah. I diagnosed myself and it was just like, dead. hemorrhoids. Dead. Ovarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got a baby PMS. going in your bed. Yeah, you are pregnant. <laughs> You're going to be daddy gaff. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, no, I, it was when I was doing, I did the charity live stream of mm. um, 
Dark Souls 2 for a day. Yeah. And in obviously... Pantsman. Yeah, I did Pantsman uh, with Chris Bratt in and your pants. Jim. I, I'm not in my pants. Terms of service uh, for Twitch means you're expressly forbidden from taking your clothes off. Showing nipples. Stream. That's how they get you. Uh, yeah. Which I like to think was the result of the original Pantsman stream. Yeah. But it wasn't. Um, but yeah, because I had like 500 people watching us for 12 hours straight, I had like tons of people saying, What's wrong have you got diabetes? Why? Like, loads of people. <laughs> Because basically this is like the equivalent of instead of Googling what's wrong with you, if you've got like tons of people watching you for 12 hours, it's basically like you become like... They're diagnosing me as they, they watch actually you. watching it's you. It's like a like... subject. You become a medical subject. What, what you have to change where the money was going to halfway was... through is, all right, it's not going to that anymore, it's going to diabetes. What <laughs> symptoms were you yeah. exhibiting? What were you, what were you well, doing? Well, I was, I was regularly saying about I was really thirsty. And then oh, like, you need to pee a lot. And I needed to pee a lot. So oh. people, people were jokingly counting how many times I'd gone to the toilet. And everyone was like... <laughs> He's gone to the toilet like 10 times in four hours. That's Diabetes. really bad. Yeah. And then they were like, he's crashing really hard off the sugar and when they eat donuts and stuff. So people, loads just, of people. That's just being 29, surely. <laughs> I think it is. But that's the thing is I had loads of messages and I, I kind of ignored it. But then I had loads of people sending me messages afterwards when it was all up on YouTube as a thing saying, I'm a doctor. Now, let's people say, I've got it and yeah. I think you might have diabetes. Oh, so then I had to have this thing of then calling up the doctors and saying... The internet thinks I have diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, which <laughs> We don't know what that is. Fuck off. I said, she said, why do you think you've got diabetes? And I was like, oh, well, like, there was 500 people. My internet friend said that I didn't look very well. I know, right? It was ridiculous. Uh, but then I had blood tests really quickly. And, and you do like, have diabetes. I don't have diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got shit loads of diabetes. <laughs> but I don't. I don't have diabetes. That turns out I'm just really run tired. down and tired and stressed and yeah. that's giving me all of the fun symptoms mm. of diabetes mm. but yeah thank you for that because lots of people have been inquiring as to whether or not I have diabetes because at one point I did think I might have because I did have all of the symptoms yeah. so, so because uh, they care that's I know so it's very nice Yeah. but yeah that's that's an easy question to answer yeah um, bum, 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 bum. Um, somebody called Resolute BRW asks how great is Hyrule Warriors and how is Matt's how is Matt's will holding out against the amiibos? I've got to say, I'm really proud of myself. I Single bought, amiibo. I bought one amiibo. Oh, Toon Link. Toon Link, he is fucking cool. Yeah. And uh, he's the only one I've bought and the only one I will buy. The quality of them is so nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm only um, buying one. I, I got sent a bunch and then I was sort of into it and then I didn't think I was going to be. Then I went on holiday and I sort of, I know which ones are rare and I know mm. which ones aren't rare. And I went on holiday and... Uh, one of my friends, we had to stop off in the middle of nowhere in in like the Blue Mountains in Sydney, just outside of Sydney. Did you end up bartering your amiibos for like firewood? Well, we, oh no, a friend of mine had to buy a cardigan and we went into a Target <laughs> and I walked into the Target and they, they were They have Target off, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, and they were off buying something. And I walked to the tech section and I thought, I'll just have a look at the games, uh, see if there's something I can play. And I seen the, ami the amiibos and I was like, Rosalina, that's a really rare one. It is, yeah. Villager, that's a really rare one. Yeah. And I was like... <sighs> How much are these? And they were, they were like, oh, they're seventeen dollars, which is about nine quid. <gasps> and I was like, <laughs> why? How much do they sell for? Like Rosalina's going for like forty five quid at the moment. Village is going. Just fill your bags. For, you buy everyone in the shop. I didn't buy everyone in the shop. But I just bought. I bought ones of everything because I think buying twos of everything is shit. And in fairness, I bought ones of everything, and I text all my friends who I know collect amiibos hardcore, going, "Do you need these? Aww. Because they, I've got I've got them now. I just bought them in the mm. middle of nowhere in Australia. I but it was like for them. I discovered like I, th I just had a bag. <laughs> like I took them all on on carry on as well. So I had all these toys in my bag. <laughs> but um. And not toys, a collectible figurine. But this, this is the thing, like, the, I, every time I went, every shop I went in in Australia then, every sort of electrical shop, I was, like, going off to see if I could find these Amiibos. 
that was super fun. That's like trying yeah. to find comics again, and like mm. I've, like, I've not had a feeling for a while. They're like Beanie Babies now. Yeah, they? exactly. <laughs> and I think like the way that they've done it, and like the same with like World Marvel, the way that they did when they do the like they, when they used to do their like proper like first printing, mm. and that was all they would do, like finding in like an issue one of something, like, even like a couple of weeks later, mm. was always really satisfying. And I felt really satisfied. I was just like, holy shit! And there was a couple of times on that holiday where I found other ones as well. Like I was just like, this is. Awesome. I feel I feel like I've actually done something. I've just gone and shot and bought something. But like with a little bit of sort of thing I get in it mind. with comics. I don't I, I don't really get the appeal of amiibos. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fuck you! I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't know. Oh, I do like them and they, they are really, really cool, but like all I want to do is open them and put them up and yeah, no, whereas they're just in the packets in the, the boxes. Moment. Yeah. Look how lovely yeah. it is that. It's alright. So it's I mean, what are you I just, about? it's alright. Look at it. Like this is coming from someone who lo- I love Transformers, but that's yeah. just like a Have you seen um Amiibola? No. It's this very cool thing where people have been like painting their. Oh, look at this little. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, people have been painting There's their loads of detail on it, amiibos as if they're they've they're like been like infected. That's by, not like, cool. zombies and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, they've been like added. So they're adding bits of other amiibos onto them and like gluing it onto oh, them nice. like, and like painting them up as uh, like zombies and stuff. And like some people, the custom paint jobs on amiibos are really fucking good. Mm. I think my favorite thing about them is quite simply just the, it, because I loved Smash Brothers on the N sixty four so much. Yeah. I just love the fact that the bases of them are like the Smash Brothers. Exactly, yeah. yes. So yeah, when yeah. you used to collect the figurines in Smash Brothers, they are just that, exactly they're that. They're just them. Yeah. They are like yeah. 3D, the, the real versions yeah. of the trophies yeah. from Smash Brothers. It's mad how it's taking them pretty... so long to get to this as well. Well, I'm glad because at the moment... They're doing like, it well. They're like, I think that, as far as I can tell, I think Nintendo are like probably out of the home console business yeah. for a little while. Um, it seems like, well, they... Maybe not permanently, but it seems like they're kind of maybe taking a step back and they're just focusing on handheld and mm. new stuff. And mm. it's just Until brilliant to see them doing yeah. so well with toys because they are really good, really good at that. Yeah. And it's fine. So, yeah. I, I, I like Amiibos. I'm not massively into it yet, but I did like finding them. Has anyone played Hyrule Warriors? Yes, yeah, I awesome. have. It yeah, good? it's good. Really it's a, good. I didn't expect to like it at all. Yeah. Um, but as someone who has never played Dynasty Warriors but has played all the Zeldas... Um, mm. It, there, was it's a, fun. there was a lot of fan service there, and it was just quite nice. Yeah, it was quite fun. Yeah. Like, that's it. It was just fun to sort of. I'm run holding out and... for a 3DS version. Mm. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Don't think so. But you never know, <laughs> Gav. You never know. Because I just think, like, because it's kind of Dynasty Warriors y, right? Yes. Yeah. Where you basically just play, like, short little levels. Yes. Again and again, just forever. Yeah. Killing shit. So that yeah. would be perfect on the 3DS. It does look lovely, though. That it would be perfect on the 3DS, but it does look really, really good on Wii. Yeah, but my Wii is you can play a box. You've got one. I've got one. It's in a cardboard box. Yeah, Yeah. get it over a weekend. There you go. If you get a week off, that's what you can do. That's the answer to your question. Yeah, yeah. Someone's play Sky with Sword after Steve recommended it to me five years ago. I think the the um, benefit of retrospect. I mean, I still love Sky with Sword, but it's gone down in the in in fans' estimations of where it sits in the series as, as being fairly. Mediocre Zelda game. I still, I still love it. Same people think that with Twilight Princess as well. I think Twilight Princess is still. Fun. I thought Bad Twilight Princess was okay. Yeah, I didn't like it when you got to the, the place in the sky and it was just a shit temple. But anyway, so um, when you when you work for Fish Nintendo magazine and you get given a, legend, a Legend of Zelda game to review. Mm. Um, it's quite a big, yeah, quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You can get I, very the, the 3DS one, fantastic. The the recent one, the Link Between Worlds, or it's no, wicked. Yeah, yeah, it was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Because I saw videos of it, and I saw screenshots of it, and I thought yeah. this just looks like nothing. It looks like another. It looked very uninventive. It looked very like repetitive. Mm. It, I just thought, hmm, 
I wasn't impressed by it, I wasn't interested in it, but when I played it, even though I couldn't quite work out why, because it's like, it seems like it was just so derivative, it's just so lovely yeah, to play all, yeah. that it's just incredible, incredible. It's a clever game. I really hope they keep doing more of them, but not in the way they did on the DS of releasing a new one, but with a train, or a new one, but with a boat. Do you remember they did them? <laughs> yeah. And they were just oh, all the like... Boat, the boat one was really good. Yeah. yeah. They were all right. Spirit but... Tracks, not so much, yeah. but... I like Spirit Tracks. I was just... Uh, There's a lot of them. It seemed like there was a lot of them. And they yeah. just were well fillery. Like, yeah. go back and do that same dungeon eight times. Was that, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I like that. Sorry. I liked it the first four <laughs> times. But yeah. then when it was like towards the end, it was like, don't make me do this again. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyway, um, I think we'll probably wrap it up there, to be honest. Yeah, I need a pee. Um, yeah, I need, I need to pee, pee as well. You oh, need pee. We'll have to take it in turns. I'll go in the bath. Oh. I'll go in the sink and you can go in the toilet. Yay. Boom! Yay. Well, I was going to clean the bathroom tomorrow anyway, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. We'll, we'll hose it down for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the problem. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.